Hello and welcome to Anybody, Everybody, the podcast that celebrates diverse bodies and body image. Through storytelling and science, this is a podcast where we explore the ways in which body image is experienced among different social identities, such as ethnicities and cultures, genders, body types and abilities, to better understand how we can promote healthier body image for everyone. I'm your host, body image researcher, Phaedra Longhurst, and every week I'll be asking an interviewee about their story to learn a new perspective on body image. Today I met with Dr. Smriti Nepal, who is currently a research fellow in public health residing in Sydney, Australia, and her research focuses on mental health and drug prevention. However, her personal interests are spending time with her cats, reading, comedy, fashion and theatre. Smriti joins us today to talk about Nepalese background and her journey towards body confidence. Welcome to Anybody, Everybody, Smriti. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And I'm really excited to talk to you and share um, whatever my experiences are. With that being said, I think a really nice way to start is maybe if you could um, tell us a bit about your background. So in particular, could you tell us a bit where you grew up? Um, yeah, sure. So I am, as you would know from my name, um, I'm from Nepal. So that's my last name as well. Um, I was born in Kathmandu, which is the capital of Nepal, and I lived there till I was 27 years old, so I moved to Australia only as an adult. Um, I spent most of my time in Kathmandu, um, so as very much a city girl. Um, I lived um, only like for five years to do my undergrad in another small town, but most of the time was in the city. Um, and I grew, I was, I am very much an introvert and very shy person. So uh, my hobbies and the things I did were very much indoors and not a very outdoorsy or outgoing person at all. And I'm still the same. Um, and I grew up in a house of uh, like me, my, two, my two of my siblings, my parents. And then we also had a cousin who stayed with us. So like, um, you know, six of us in a house and um, it was a small fam, not as big, like uh, we have the concept of nuclear family and joint family in Nepal, but, which joint family means your grandparents and everyone, your uncles, not everyone live under the same roof, but ours was more of a nuclear family. So grew up in a nuclear family. Um, we, everyone was introverted, everyone was reserved, so we kept to ourselves, but yeah, um, everyone was into academics and uh, achieving things and getting places. Um, to grow up in that but also like to say that mine was compared to a lot of Nepalese people mine was very much a privileged upbringing um, so my parents were middle class my dad is highly educated um, and like in terms of um, like the social hierarchy we based on our caste we're pretty much on the high higher part of the society um so yes i'm very aware that my experiences would be from that perspective from a very privileged perspective mm-hmm. and you say um that you moved to you relocated to australia at 27 am i right 
Yes, that's correct. So not it's been ten years now. So I moved to be close to family. So my parents had moved to Australia by then, and I was living and working alone in Nepal. Um, so I decided I would move here to be close to family, and then after that, it just been. Uh, then I started doing my masters, and then after that, started working, and then it led to a PhD, and now I'm working. So, yeah, it's it's home now. So I'm here. Um, I think I'm I'm here permanently now. Yeah, and how was that kind of um, having that experience of uh, moving to a new country? How was that experience for you? So I. Th- it wasn't bad at all for me because my family was I, th- I think if I'd moved alone it would be problematic yeah but because my parents were here my brother was here I and I lived with them for like the first three years after moving here um, and I didn't really have to worry about my visa or you know having to find per, uh, temporary job or anything like that so it was I was very, very fortunate. A lot of people who migrate don't have that experience. So I was very fortunate that I didn't have to worry about those things. My visa was, um, like, I got my visa comparatively easy because my dad was already working here and established. Um, and, like, I didn't have to worry about paying rent or anything like that. Um, and I I could just sit at home and, you know, study for my master's and. So again, that is again not what a lot of migrants can afford. Um, again, like I said, it's, it's I was really privileged. It's a really privileged thing. Um, but and even from so that is one side of it. The other side of it was so in Nepal as a big person, I I had like a horrible, horrible, horrible time. So when I moved to Australia for the first time, uh, it was so nice not to have people stare at me while walking down the street, not to have people, you know, nudge each other and point towards me and laugh. And because, of course, it's more accept, accept, you know, people were more accepting here of my body size. Of course, now I realize I'm towards the smaller plus size and all that um, is there, but back back like when I moved it was yeah I, I was like there were times when I almost wanted to cry because I'm like I don't have to worry about how I look I don't need to constantly dissociate from my body I don't need to be embarrassed um and that that was a huge huge um part of why I decided to stay here um because what has happened is after um after I moved here started on my body confidence journey. Um, so I, I discovered all these plus size bloggers and um, other models on Instagram. And I just just started following them and just started seeing how, you know, they were, um, you know, fighting for, you know, equal, not equal rights, like we have equal rights, but, um, you know, just not to be embarrassed, not to be made to feel small because we are, you know, because we are big and just, all these amazing men and women wearing all these amazing clothes and just looking great. And it was like such an eye opener for me. And 
I mean, probably I, I probably could have done this from Nepal as well, but because I discovered all this after moving to Australia. And I think because I was in Australia and, you know, being able to buy some of the clothes here really helped with that as well. I wouldn't have probably been able to buy big size clothes in Nepal. Um, so that really, really shaped, has shaped my journey. Um, so I actually love being here um, in fam- family being around. Honestly, I don't miss not being back back home in Nepal much. Mm-hmm. And that kind of um, ties me quite neatly to my next question, um, which is, could you tell us a bit about your relationship with your body? And has this relationship changed over time? So you kind of described initially um, in Nepal that you had quite a difficult time and being in Australia has kind of improved things. But um, so could you just give us kind of like um, a whistle stop tour about your relationship with your body? So um, it definitely has changed my relationship with my body. Um, before I used to, because I was so embarrassed and I was constantly teased, I just kind of dissociate from it. Um, I just, I'd be out and about, but I didn't try to, you know, mentally I was not in my body. And I was, even when I was moving, even as eating, it was, um, it was kind of punishing myself, punishing my body for being big or for looking a certain way. Uh, but now I think it's also because of age, now that I'm older, realize that I need to I need to move like because it's better for my body. And so now I move when my body needs it. I eat according to what my body wants. Um so you know, even though I might not be the biggest fan of vegetables and green salads and things like that, but I know when my body needs it, so I'll, you know, make a conscious effort to eat those kind of food. Um, but also on the flip side, if my body wants, you know, sweets and ice creams, and I won't stop it. Um, and I don't feel guilty about indulging in those kinds of things, or I don't feel if I don't go to the gym, when I'm thinking, I don't feel guilty. Um, um, so it, it has definitely changed. I'm, I think I, I'm still not as kind as I could be to my body. Um, but I'm a lot kinder than what, where I was, like, say, 10 years ago. I'm not, I'm, I'm more grateful for what my body does for me. I'm not constantly ashamed of it or, you know, cursing it for being the way it is. Um, I'm like, okay, I have this body. What can I do with this body? I, I have a lot of things. Like, I can move. I, I need to be grateful for that, you know. Um, so I'm, I look at it more from that perspective now. So, um, of course, I have days when I still think, oh, I look awful, you know. I wish I was smaller. I wish this was smaller. I wish that was, I wish my head was smaller. Um, but most days, I'm not thinking much about it. And and now I, f- I feel like I'm more getting towards the neutral side, which is where I want to be, like, not to, you know, think much about it. Because most of my life, like, till 10 years ago, I was constantly thinking about my body. Like, 
I was when I was studying, when I was working, I was constantly thinking. It was there everywhere. Like it was very prominent because no one let me forget I was mm. big and unattractive, etc. Um, but now it's changing and now it's more like I don't I'm not thinking about my body I'm not thinking, oh I'm so big, I'm out of place. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that that has also that's another big change that has happened in the last ten years or so. So perhaps like quite a, a, a nice sense or state of acceptance with your body. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's getting more towards that um, acceptance, and yeah, it is like like I said, it is what it is, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's just it's it's a big part of who I am, of course. But, um, yeah, it's a big part of who I am. That's me. It's just one of those things that makes me, me. Um, before I used to be, I used to think, oh, people must be behind my back. People must be introducing me or talking about me as, you know, that big girl. Um, you know, that, because uh, Smriti is a very common name in Nepal. So I used to think, oh, people must be saying, you know, when they ask which Smriti, they must be saying, oh, the fat Smriti. And I used to be ashamed of that. Um, now I'm not. Because that's another thing. I'm starting to embrace the word fat because as a descriptor. I used to be so ashamed of it because that was one of the words that was constantly used to tease me. To be, I mean, I was just called names. And that was one of the things that I was called. I'm so embarrassed of it. But now I'm like, yeah, my body is fat. That's it. Yeah. And reclaiming that word, perhaps. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's also made a huge difference. Like, I, I never thought I would be at the stage where I was saying, "Oh, yeah, my body is fat," but that's it. My body is fat. My body has extra fat. That's that's it. Yeah. Um, and you kind of touched on briefly on some of the experiences that you had back in Nepal. Um, how do you think your cultural background um, has influenced how you think and feel towards your body? Um, I think it's, for me, growing up without the internet um, and, without, um, you know, without all social, social media and all that, it was mostly culture that influenced how I felt about my body. Um, so in Nepal, there are not many big people. We're not a culture of many fat people. So I was already a, ver- a rarity in the cu- culture. Um, so that was, I was constantly reminded of that. It's like, you are not, you're not correct. You need to change. You're not correct. That kind of thing was always there. Um, and just being, you know, even like the cutoff point for being fat is very different here and in Nepal. So in Nepal, like, uh, I'm like five foot two, a person of my height and 50 kilo would be considered, or would start to, they would start calling them fat at 50 kilos. And, um, whereas here it'd be much higher, of course. So me being much higher, like weighing a lot more than that was 
of course not acceptable and it's like not about you know and the thing is sometimes I try to justify and think oh maybe you know people my family my relatives were really concerned about my health but the thing is it was constant talk of how you look and how you should eat less how you should shrink yourself it wasn't about moving you know it wasn't about having a healthy lifestyle no one cared about how you achieved it it's like just become smaller um because that's what everyone looks like become like everyone that's that's and that's the thing and i would be like there were instances where you know i'd be eating and then some relative or friend would come and say are you sure you want to eat that or you shouldn't be eating or start you know giving me dieting tips and all that sort of thing that happened a lot and that's again very common and um like everyone is constantly talking about like if you go to a party if you have a gathering just constantly talking about body weight exchanging tips on how to lose weight um so it's there everywhere um it's just everywhere and just yeah it's i i can i cannot think of there never being a conversation about it like even when i was at work in a professional settings people would be talking about it to each other and then obviously i was this big person very very prominent so that was like a talking point for people they would start talking about it and you know being mocked and made fun of for it was it it wasn't it was very normal like mm-hmm. body shaming is very very normal it's like um and no one even takes it uh, thinks that it's wrong so i i used to feel i used to get very offended and embarrassed and um i used to not talk to people i used to avoid people and then people would come back to me and say why are you getting offended it's just a joke and but of course it was beyond that for me it wasn't just a joke because it was just affecting how i was thinking and how i was reacting towards you know towards my external um environment so it was more than that for me um but yeah it's it's so normalized it's like oh you're fat it's your fault i'll make fun of you kind of thing yeah. um and just eat less um you should, maybe you should not eat rice and you know just that sort of thing it's it's yeah i used to avoid going to family gatherings because i knew people would bring it up um and things like you know um traditional clothes couldn't find traditional clothes my size you have to get clothes stitched um because they were not available in my size and um even when i wore clothes everyone would be like giving me advice on how to wear certain things or how to you know cover up so that you know um my fat could be covered that i wasn't as visibly fat and um yeah it's it was yeah it's there everywhere and from what i can see and like i don't have much you know exposure to that at the moment but from my limited experience i can see that it's still there like people still are talking about the same things um 
and you know that's the first one of the first things people remark about when they see you i think that's again common in a lot of cultures because when they see think it's a compliment to tell people they've lost weight and um it's it's the same again this culture in my culture as well so yeah they'll meet you tell you lost weight if they haven't lost weight again you know same thing and if it's people exchanging tips on how they lose weight um so yeah it's and and that that's the what what bothers me is that it's so normalized it's like yeah we talk about it so what i mean i think so many things we could be talking about but why this um like uh, one instance i can recall that happened a few years back i was in thailand at a conference um and this was like an international conference and i i met this nepalese man who was a researcher himself and he met myself with the two nepalese people there and i was like really excited about going to support him and everything but like within 5 minutes of meeting me um he told me he said oh as a public health person shouldn't you lose weight and that's the thing it was he was he said it so flippantly like it, and at this academic forum where we could be talking about anything in the world he decides to tell me that i need to lose weight because i'm a public health person um that's a thing that's a thing it's i have been told this thing so many times it, that incident took me back because it hadn't happened to me for a long time um but yeah it just things like that are constant and i know that i'm sure other other big people or the other fat people in nepal are constantly going through it even now mm-hmm. um maybe it's more accepting maybe you can find more clothes now but i don't think the fat phobia the fat shaming the body shaming is left yeah um are there any kind of particular cultural aspects that perhaps differ to western countries that we may not be aware of that might have informed your body image like are there certain traditions of like because um it's interesting to hear the limited like limited internet use and how like the differences in bmi also um is quite interesting to hear and it then makes me wonder what other potential differences are there between say um your home culture to the western culture being in australia like what differences do you see that you think may have informed your body image growing up um i think the main one is about the cut off point the you know overweight obesity and all of that that's the right. main thing um we hear i mean from my experience at least the smaller plus sizes are more accepted than the more visibly plus size people um but in nepal it's like you know if you if your weight goes from 48 to 50 then you're fat it's it's right. not you know it's not acceptable um the other thing which is not related to body weight but which is like very common in nepal is about um your skin the color of your skin of course um so 
um, fair complexion is valued. Everyone wants to become fair. No one wants to be dark. Um, so that's another big thing that, of course, you don't really see it as commonly here. I mean, of course, there are issues with racism and everything, but it's not talked about. Again, same as being fat. Darker people are made fun of constantly and, you know, they call names and all that thing. Um, so that's another big difference related to appearance um, mm-hmm. that I, I can't think of. Um, the other, another, I think these are the two main things. Um, and just about food, I think. Um, so we, we eat a lot of home cooked meals, takeaway, takeout, going out to restaurants. It's not very common in our culture. It's the same even after we moved countries. Um, and yeah, just you know, the food, like eating cheese, uh, eating a lot of meat, that is not very common. Um, again, I'm, I'm just mentioning this because and it does influence how you look and things like that. Um, so that the dietary factor is also very different. Um, but yeah, I think there's a, for me, it's from my, again, from my personal, personal perspective, the size cutoff and the complexion that's the main thing um that I've found are different between the two cultures yeah I'm really um I'd love to hear more about because I think colorism rightfully so has kind of gained a lot more recognition especially in the body image research and its potential impact so of course there's racism but there's also colorism and um I suppose I wonder if you could tell me a bit more about your own personal experience of how um, Nepal sees skin colour um, and how that has had an impact on you. Could you tell me more about that? Okay. Um, so in um, in Nepal, I was actually considered um, fair. So I wasn't considered dark, um, especially compared to my siblings. I they they're not even very dark. They're slightly darker than me, but uh, they're considered dark. And yeah, dark skin is not attractive. Dark skin needs to be changed again. And there's constant. Um, there, I don't know right now, but when I was growing up, there's constant um, media as about um, these creams that change your complexion that make you fairer. Um, so because we are so close to India, um, all the products we use are Indian, all the media we consumed was Indian. So we used to get a lot of advertisements for these fairness products. Um, and people are constantly using home remedies, face masks, face packs to, so that their skin can become lighter. Um, and uh, people from like Caucasian people are really, really reviled, uh, is that the right word, uh, valued or, you know, they're thought of as really attractive because they're fair, um, they have lighter skin. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone, yeah, that's that's the thing. The main point is um, light skin is beautiful, dark skin, not so much. 
Um, don't go out in the sun. You get dark, which means, you know, you won't be as attractive. Um, do as much as you can to keep yourself attractive and not dark and use umbrella, um, you know, use face masks, face packs, use the cream. Like my, my brother and my sister both use the fairness cream most of the, like most of the time when we were growing up. Um, and my sister started quite young and even my brother like it is male and he's of course his body things body issues were different but even he thought he was dark and he started using the same cream that my sister was using and it's basically bleaching your skin um but yeah they they use it and and that's it's not just in our household it was very common it was a very, it was a very popular, it is still a very popular brand. Um, and if, uh, if a woman is um, dark, so I grew up when arranged, I don't know if you know about arranged marriages. Um, so that's when your family fixes, like arranges for you to get married to someone. Um, so it's different from forced marriage, but yeah, it's, it's more like a blind date. <laughs> um so in so I think a big part of the whole complexion being com, you know having to be light is also influenced by the fact that um women who are dark do not get matches as easily as women who have lighter complexion so it, it at times like I used to hear of relatives who are uh, female relatives who had darker complexion being rejected by families because they were dark um, and they were not getting married or yeah it was of course even at that age when I was a teenager I used to think that's so stupid um, because you know they're a lovely person that's not that shouldn't be a criteria um, for someone to get rejected but yeah that, they were getting rejected so I think that's why also families especially mothers so like oh you better do all these things to become fair or you better you know better stay away from the sun um and I think eventually what happens we start doing those things without thinking so I think by the end my sister was just using those creams you know you doing whatever she could do to get make sure her skin was light because it was just habitual it was almost inbuilt in her by then Mm -hmm. Um, and I know a lot of other women and men who have similar experiences like the cream I was telling you about um, eventually when I was a teenager they started the same cream for men as well so it was a big thing in men as well so now they're selling it for men and um, all these big Bollywood stars actually endorse it they they are in these ads because they're getting paid all these all this you know ridiculous amounts of money to endorse it and now what I've noticed is the wording around it is changed a bit so now they don't say become fair now it's more like get glowing skin or get clear skin things like that but it's still the same product it's just that because that now younger people are smarter there's more outcry um so they, they can't do it like before, but it's still there. And the same as that are in India, Indian media go to Nepal. Um, so it's it's not very different. 
Yeah, thankfully, I, um, there's been a lot more media attention around this topic. So I know that um, Netflix has done a documentary about it with Tam France, which mm. is there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, and I think we're seeing the very early stages of work that is trying to communicate the the dangers of this um, practice and but by all means I'm really hoping that the more people talk about it the more awareness um, especially in from perhaps western cultures because I think it kind of occurs right under our nose we're not that um, familiar or aware of it um, and I think often people who reside in Western culture still very much experience colorism. And I'm really glad that you spoke about it because I'm really hoping that again, um, raises the fact that colorism is very much entrenched in body image and to hopefully see more research kind of establishing that relationship between one another. Thank you for telling, talking to us about that. Um, and that kind of neatly ties me to my next question in that because you you talked about briefly your shift um, uh, in moving to Australia and kind of being exposed to more diverse bodies, I suppose, and you um, discovering um, more body positivity, social media content and things like that. Um, and I wonder, from your perspective... Do you notice a difference between appearance ideals um, between your um, your home country in Nepal to Australia? Are there any differences in the appearance ideal? And if so, could you talk to us what they are? Um, I think um, so what happens is, um, like I said, our... In Nepal, we consume Indian media, um, and now because of social media, also a lot of Western media as well. And when I was growing up, so the Indian media was full of Indian women who were then influenced by Western media. So it was a lot of images of, you know, that were more speaking towards the Western ideals of beauty. Um, And... I, from what I've seen, what I've observed is that the ideals of beauty here and there are very similar, except for the complexion bit where, you know, here women want to get tanned, whereas in Nepal they wanted to stay away from the sun. Um, but, yeah, body size-wise, um, I think it's the same. Um, everyone wants to look like a Kim Kardashian or... Um, you know, back then everyone wanted to be skinny like Kate Moss um, when I was growing up because because Kate Moss was looked like that, so Indian models look like that because Indian models look like that. Um, so there were some Indian actresses who were bigger than, you know, Kate Moss was, of course. Um, and, like, I remember reading or hearing in the media that um, they even though they were like normal size, they were average, they were still constantly compared and made fun of for being big 
too big to be on screen and things like that. Um, so it was very much influenced by the Western beauty standards. So I still find, I see like people, um, young Nepalese people on social media still uh, admiring all these um, women. I mean, I can only think of Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian family, you know, that whole, um, that whole generation, that whole, yeah. So um, that, that is still very much the same in both cultures, I think. Um, I don't think it's very different. And maybe people in Nepal want to be taller. We aren't as tall as Western people. Um that would definitely be something I think Nepalese people would want to be taller. Um, but yeah, I think the complexion and just the height, I, I, I can't think of anything else that would be different. Yeah. And to kind of uh, shift the direction of conversation um, to more towards a more positive kind of approach, I'm wondering if you could talk about how perhaps maybe, um, so you talk about your journey towards body confidence and having a more positive body image, so having greater appreciation and, and more acceptance of your body. And I was wondering if you could tell, talk to us about how, what's been, what's helped support that journey? What has helped you kind of shift that mentality for you? Um, I think definitely, um, so when, when I looked at this question, honestly, I, I couldn't really think of anything if I'm honest, um, like, um, like any positive way that the culture has framed it is nothing. Um, I mean, maybe for others there is, but for me personally, there's nothing positive. Um, but in terms of support, so I think um, even though, like, I'll talk from my family's perspective. So even though my family still follows those, you know, standard um, beauty ideals, they still think that's attractive, that's better. My sister and my brother both have lost a lot of weight and my dad is constantly telling me that I need to lose weight or, you know, mentioning body weight. Uh, body uh, weight loss surgery and all that stuff um they're still accepting and of me and um all the they call it the lecture that I give them about body acceptance and body positivity and um they are accepting of the you know of my experiments with fashion and style because I remember back in Nepal my mom would always question me if I wore something she's like are you showing that it's you know your belly is showing or your cleavage is showing and all that now it's like oh that looks nice um so it's it's more uh, yeah, it's more accepting and so but maybe because I'm old as well. I mean, I sound like I'm a teenager. I'm all in my late thirties now, so I shouldn't really be looking at my mom for acceptance. But um, um, yeah, but that I find that that's changed. Um, and that that's a nice thing. I think it just because mm-hmm. um, you know, in the Eastern culture, family and being part of family is like really important. Like, um, we're um, even though we live separately, we still 
very much family oriented culture um mm-hmm. so that that so anything a family does says makes a big difference so uh, my family being accepting supportive of me has really really helped me in this journey and just you know providing the resources and being available i think that has just helped me am i right in thinking that maybe so initially your family were perhaps a bit more stigmatizing but do you think maybe because of your change in attitudes and you translating them to them do you think that has made them be a bit more accepting regard like being more perhaps not unconditionally but at least a bit more accepting of you your body or actually uh, more accepting of you regardless of your body would you say that is kind of like a journey that you're all collectively going through yeah I I definitely think that has happened um there's a lot less there's of course like I said still talk about weight loss trying to lose weight but there's it's a lot less um and and like my my brother even so my we all because we we all we all used to be fat at one point and now my my siblings are not fat anymore so you know we have this shared journey of having been really ashamed and embarrassed of our bodies at one point and because they have lost weight and as you would have you would know that a lot of people who have lost weight are tend to be very fat phobic i think that's still there in them and they're still so i think they're really scared of getting fat again um but i think there's they don't um they don't reflect that on me they don't they don't you know use that on me anymore like i used to feel before like they're constantly telling me that i need to do the same thing they did but that's not there anymore because they've realized that okay she's on a different journey i think um and also my brother and my sister come to me for fashion advice now, which feels good. Um, and my, I remember my brother asked me a few years ago, he, he's like, how are you so confident? And, and I was thinking, I mean, I, I mean, of course, I don't think I'm confident, but he's, he just asked me, how are you so confident? What are your tips? And that really made me feel good because I think it, it I was thinking, okay, he's realized that, you know, you can lose weight, you can do all these things, but um, yeah, it's it, confidence is just not going to appear automatically, even when you do all those things, you need a, yeah. to work a lot, unlearn things um, to be able to get there, so yeah, in, in their own small ways, I think they are more accepting of it, and I have a niece now, and um, I think my, um, I really, love spending time with her and I think my sister also values that um I you know I talk to her I um I initially I was worried that my sister might be um my sister might not want that because you know my I thought she would think that I'll make her daughter fat or something like that um but yeah just seeing that yeah, she she really values me and my niece's bond and um are spending time or talking to each other and so those are like little subtle things that I know are changing, have changed. 
um, or would not have been the same a few years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, they're definitely more accepting and supportive of me now than they were before. Amazing. I'm really glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to ask how, from your perspective again, and based on your own experiences, especially when you have just kind of shared um, your experiences with your family, how do you think society um, can better support people from ethnic minorities gain a healthier body image? Um, I think by just listening to us, um, like you are, um, it's, it's, while, yeah, there is a, there are some things that are shared and similar, a vast majority of it is not. We have different experiences and, um, we have different, um, like value system, cultural value system, religious backgrounds that influence how, where we are in our body image journey. Um, so I think learning, educating ourselves and being aware, um, being respectful. I think that's, again, you can't just be flippant and um, dismiss someone's experience, you know, just because they have moved to a different country doesn't mean that that trauma that they had from before has automatically deleted. It's still there. Um, so I think main thing is to talk to people from different communities, different cultures and learn, understand. And even from those cultures, like I said, I'm, I had a very privileged upbringing. Um, so someone from, you know, who was, who had a less privileged upbringing than me might have a different experience. People, uh, someone who grew up in another region of Nepal might have a different experience. So to form, um, you know, decisions, programs based on, like, experiences of different people. Because even, like, when we come here, yes, we're all brown people. We look the same. So, you know, we're, it, it's easy to put us all in one box, Nepalese people. But even Nepalese people have different experiences. So it's so important to consider that. Um, and yeah just nepalese people even though we so we are south asian we are very close to india china and all those countries but our experiences are all different like people in india have different experiences people in bangladesh people in sri lanka we all we can't look the same and people can it's easy to put us in one box that people from the subcontinent but um everyone has different experiences and I think that that needs to be taken into perspective. Yeah. And my last question is for you and your ongoing relationship with your body, where do you see that going? What do you personally would like to see in the future for yourself? Um, I would like to keep, I would like to continue on my, uh, journey that I am on right now um just have more like high level of acceptance because I I think now I have more days when I'm unaccepting than I'm accepting 
Um, so I would like to have more days when I'm feeling fine about my body than not. See, that's what I definitely like to change and um, just move more. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's the main thing. And um, just keep experimenting with fashion and uh, style. And I like to keep continuing on that because it, it has like, not being able to access nice clothes that was a big part of you know what my experience is back home and now having that access and loving fashion um so I would like to keep continuing with that and I think me being more accepting of my body will help me get more adventurous in that as well so I'd like to keep doing that and also not letting my body from stopping me from doing anything like if I want to go on a hike just go on it without being thinking about how embarrassed I'll be when I get out of breath and things like that so I like to do more things like that because I'm not doing as much as I'd like to do in that area um and just be more adventurous with going to uh, group exercise classes and not be worried about what will people think um how unfit I'll appear so I would like to do more of that kind of thing and just be kinder to myself and my body I think that's that's what I want I'm so glad to hear that and I'm, that sounds amazing thank you so much so um that are that those are all my questions thank you so much for joining me today and I really hope everyone hearing this has kind of gained a new perspective um so yeah thank you so much for sharing your story with us that's all, that's all right thanks for having me Thank <laughs>